There are some expenses that will inflate as well, but uh, you know, overall, you know, I think the the, the largest uh, the largest expense on on these properties, uh, at least in, in the current market, is the debt service. You're listening to Alternative Investor Mastermind, where we do a deep dive on alternative investment opportunities and the lifestyle it can create. Join Jack Krupe as he presents actionable tips and tricks in doing passive real estate away from mainstream strategies. Go beyond the usual fix and flips and try less explored yet rewarding investing ventures from multifamily properties, mobile homes to cryptocurrencies. Do not miss this opportunity to escape traditional assets and finally create wealth without Wall Street. Now your host, Jack. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Alternative Investor Mastermind. Uh, today, uh, we are going to talk about how strong operators are able to navigate these challenging times with the dramatic rise in interest rates and also overcome some operational challenges. So I'm going to highlight a specific property. We're not going to give the name of the operator or the exact name of the complex uh, just for confidentiality reasons. But uh, um, we're invested in a number of deals uh, with this group. They're one of the larger buyers uh, of, of multifamily value add in the West Coast over the last few years. So uh, overall, you know, I, I describe them as a, you know, close to an institutional quality group. Um, this is not the type of syndicator that uh, three or four people got together at a conference and uh, decided to raise some money and buy. This was a, you know, I could consider a pretty sophisticated group, pretty well-connected group. Um, and we've had some great success with them. We've exited uh, deals previously, um, doubled our money even on one. So um, overall, things were going great. However, um, they did utilize bridge loans, and uh, their model was to, uh, you know, to, to really get in, fix, and get out. So, um, using long-term Fannie Mae debt, the prepayment penalties make it difficult to execute that business plan. So, uh, unfortunately, even though um, rents have increased and, in general, net operating income has increased, there's still some uh, some headwinds with interest rate and, and minimal cash flow. So, a couple things to note. Number one is. And in the initial business plan, when you're doing a heavy value add, often there's not a lot of cash the first year or two. That is, that is by design. There might be two, three, four, five percent um, cash distributions. Really, a bulk of your return, if you're targeting that mid to high teens return, is coming from the profit on the sale. So while uh, um, it's been you know, painful for many to not receive cash di distributions, uh, overall, if the deals are still growing that operating income and growing that at a faster uh, pace and, and growing it above the, the rise in interest rates, there's still a reasonable chance of exiting at, at a good uh, value. What can sponsors do and what sets a, uh, a very experienced and well-capitalized sponsor apart? There's a couple things. Uh, number one is their ability to inject their own cash in through a manager loan or a member loan. We've had a few deals, and uh, this one included, where rather than make an initial capital call, the actual manager has lent some of their own money in. Uh, sometimes that's just to keep construction going uh, because the, the lender may be slow on releasing the construction draws. Um, but uh, you know, lenders that are not well capitalized, I've, I've heard a number of uh, you know, stories where um, the work the work just stops, the, the project uh, doesn't move forward, you have higher vacancies, you're not turning units, and uh, you know, there's a delay in either biting the bullet and, and asking for a capital call from your partners, or um, the project just stalls otherwise. So having a good sponsor that has the money to bridge these short-term gaps is very important. 
Second is having the ability to negotiate with a lender. There's, a, there's an old saying, if you owe the bank a million dollars, you're fucked. If you owe the bank a billion dollars, they're fucked. Now, on our deal, they, there's, I don't know if it's a billion dollars, but they have many loans with the same lender, and uh, that lender is uh, working, working with them. Uh, we just received notice of a modification where the uh, interest rate's gonna drop by 1.8% for the next year, and then it will go up 75 basis points, uh, you know, 0.75% the next year. So there's some interest rate relief for the next two years, and uh, that actually will um, reduce the interest rate to you know somewhere in the high fours, low fives, which is actually, it makes it much more palatable to uh, continue the value-add plan. Um, additionally, they were able to raise uh, some capital in a, in, a, in a preferred equity position. So uh, unfortunately, the preferred equity does come in senior to the common equity where we are invested, but it was at a, a pretty friendly term. It was only an 8% rate. And uh, the market for preferred equity is often almost double that in today's market where they want to make close to a 16% return before the common equity gets paid. And in order to do that, the sponsor actually shared some of their management fees and what we call their carried interest or their promoted interest. So basically, the sponsor took some responsibility that uh, you know, the deal is not going according to a full business plan, and they're essentially paying the higher return out of their own pocket rather than charge their uh, partners. Um, that is a sign of, of a good sponsor as well. And uh, as limited partners, we are... Uh, very happy about that. Lastly, it's the the ability to to make uh, tough decisions as needed. Um, on a few of our projects, they've actually made the decision to uh, change property managers, and um, you know that's not something that you can do lightly. Uh, sometimes you need uh, you know a lender sign off, but uh, um, the decision was made that uh, the property manager for a number of these properties was really more set up to do a short term flip, and uh, you know not set up for more of a, a longer term hold and, and a stabilized asset. So um, add to that, uh, that the property managers, and I've heard this not just on our, our one case study that I'm highlighting some more specifics, but uh, yeah, really across the board where uh, staffing is an issue. Um, we've had a number of situations where our sponsors have sent their own internal employees to go on site at the property because there was not enough leasing staff from the third party property manager. So those types of, um, of, of the ability to step up, the ability that your, your team is large enough, it's not a, it's not a bunch of part-time people who have full-time jobs otherwise that you know, club up to buy a property. It's run by you know, a real business. That, that is something that's uh, you know, very important to us. Uh, so going back to the one project I mentioned with a, with a loan modification, um, you know, it's, it's good that, uh, you know, our partner had the kind of the wherewithal and the bargaining power to negotiate a pretty friendly modification. Um, on the overall property that has 557 total units, um, of them, just about 10% have been renovated. And uh, on average, the rent is up $594 or 66% above previous rent. And uh, that's even $130 higher than what they thought the rent increase would be. And on top of that, there was 
83 new leases and 290 renewals of the 557. And those average, and these are not on renovated units, these are just renewals, uh, average increase of, of 34%. So even though there was uh, there's some difficulties, the, the cost of debt is significant, um, the rent increases are also significant. And uh, you know, if, you, if we continue to have inflation and if interest rates stay high, it's because inflation is real and it's continuing. So uh, if you're worried about high interest rates um, or concerned about them, just keep in mind, you, you can't model having extended high interest rates without continued inflation. If inflation really does drop or we go into an actual recession or there's any sort of black swan or crisis or event, um, that is the type of thing that would trigger trigger rates dropping. So either either you're going to model in continued rent growth, at least on the on this market, or at some point rates are going to drop. You, you, you For over a period of a year or two, it's very unlikely that you have both high interest rates and rents that are dropping. Um, yeah, with that said, obviously there are some expenses that go up as well. These portions of the expenses are, are labor, um, heating or cooling that are that are you know if it's not passed on to the tenants. So there are some expenses that will inflate as well. But uh, you know overall, you know I think the the, the largest uh, the largest expense on on these properties, uh, at least in, in the current market, is the debt service. One other challenge that we've seen in uh, recent years is uh, issues with eviction. Now, I came from the mortgage business where we had uh, a lot of issues with foreclosures over, over the years. And uh, in, in some markets, it's starting to happen again with evictions. We, we've seen this in uh, Georgia. We've seen this in, uh, in Nevada as well, that just evictions are taking months in some cases where you know, in the past it was, you know, 30, 45, 60 days. So um, it's an ongoing issue. I think there, there's sometimes some political components to it. Uh, for example, in Nevada, the uh, judges are elected and uh, evictions tend to be slower during an election year, which uh, is crazy to think. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's something we've seen on, on more than one property. So um, evictions are sometimes getting more challenging. And now that we're... Uh, you know, not not generally in an election year um, should be easier. Plus, we're we're sort of past the initial, we're past all that COVID stuff. There's really no other excuse for not paying your rent at this point. And uh, hopefully, that part stays smoother. And uh, you know, our operators are going to be able to continue to uh, you know operate and reclaim apartments if if tenants do not pay. All right, everybody, that's it for this episode. Please uh, check out our Facebook community for Alternative Investor Mastermind if you're a Facebook user. Um, we're posting some exclusive content and uh, there's a lot of uh, you know, chat, even advice uh, you know, being uh, provided between the members. So check that out. Also, uh, like and subscribe on uh, YouTube. Uh, leave us a review on uh, iTunes, uh, Spotify, or your podcast platform of choice. And uh, reach out if there's any questions uh, you have. Uh, reach out to uh, myself or someone on our team at jcaminvestments.com. Thanks, everybody. That's all for this episode of Alternative Investor Mastermind. Now that you know the many alternative opportunities out there all up for the taking, you can finally become ultra-connected and ultra-wealthy. Get more valuable advice from the experts by subscribing to the show at AlternativeInvestorMastermind.com. Become a winner in the world of passive investing today in alternative investment strategies. Thank you for joining us. Until next time.